Attention real estate agents, what if I told you there was a proven formula for success here in real estate? In this video, I'm going to spill all of the success secrets that I wish I would have known when I first started and basically go through, okay, what would I do if I was brand new in the industry again? So if I was starting out as a new real estate agent, these are the principles that I would follow to ensure my success. The very first thing I would be looking for as a new real estate agent is what mentor and team to join. And I know what you're thinking. Why am I not looking for a brokerage instead? I'll go like, why am I going straight for a team and a mentor? Well, the reason being is your chances of success with a good mentor and on a good team is going to be considerably higher than just joining a brokerage for most people. Around 87% of real estate agents fail in their first year, and most of those are trying to do it solo at a brokerage. Now, you can make it solo just fine, but your chances of success are going to be a lot higher. You're going to get proven models, you're going to get good accountability, and you're going to learn the ropes from them so that you can be able to continue that success going forward versus failing on your own, trying to figure it out, and then ultimately succeeding or maybe even failing out of the industry. A team is also going to help you put in good habits. One of the worst things that I see from real estate agents, particularly new ones, is their habits are not very good. They're getting taught by a broker that is telling them to do certain things, but they're not necessarily following it. When you've got more of a structured model, such as a team, it's generally going to help you out with that a little bit better, assuming, of course, that the team is a strong one. Mentors and teams are not created equal, so you do need to find one that matches with what you're looking for. Here's what I would look for. First and foremost, training and mentorship. That's the big thing you need. You need training and you definitely need mentorship. So you need somebody that knows what they're doing, that is involved actively, that is inside of your business, helping you out as often as you need it. This is kind of like a built-in coach. This is why you're going to pay the higher splits. And the training is invaluable because, well, you need trained. You don't know what you're doing. Yep, the real estate license process doesn't tell you how to run the business at all. I would also find one that's got some lead generation strategies built in, a little bit of lead flow, but I wouldn't want too much personally because, well, then you just run around with somebody else's leads. I want to learn how to fish myself. That's why the training comes in handy. But the lead generation is going to come in handy to bridge that gap a little bit as I continue to learn, especially with the average real estate agent not making a sale for, what, six to nine months, depending on which study you're looking at, whereas on a team, on ours personally, it's somewhere around one and a half to two months. So it's going to shorten that time of me freaking out, not having any money. And early on in my career, I didn't have any. I would also want a team that had a bunch of shared resources that I could use in my business to cut down on some of my time. Things like CRM tools, CRM programs, or, you know, maybe smart plans or campaigns that are going out, email campaigns, text campaigns, anything aesthetic in general. You know, somebody that's got somebody that can help you with flyers and just Anything that can shave a little bit of time off of me so that I could focus on lead generating activities while I build my business up. And I would also want to find a team that has diversification in their style. A lot of team leaders built their team one way, and that is the only way they teach their, their agents. And unfortunately, that's not necessarily going to match with me. What if I join a team that seems very successful and their strategy is cold calling? And I think that's something that I can do very easily. And then I join and I just absolutely hate myself. Now, in that aspect, if that's the only team that I see that can provide value, I'm still going to go for that over something else because I'm still going to get the benefit of everything else. And I'm just going to understand that I'm not going to like my first year in real estate as I'm doing something that I don't necessarily like. 
And most likely, as business comes in from it, I will start to learn to like that thing. So don't let diversification be a deal killer. But for me, it would be very important because I want to see what somebody else is doing and what this person's doing and what this person is doing so that I can choose from those to figure out which one matches my personality the best. And lastly, I would want to join a team that can provide any amount of leverage whatsoever. A little bit of that was with the CRM tools. I was just talking about the email campaigns and smart campaigns and things like that that they built for you. Any other leverage I can get, particularly one with a transaction coordinator. I don't see any reason in the world to join a team without a transaction coordinator unless it's for a very hyper-specific reason, at least for most new real estate agents. Now, before we continue, I want to introduce myself super quickly. My name is Mongo, or of course, you can call me Andrew. I'm a team leader doing anywhere from 50 to $60 million in production the last several years. And um, I was in your shoes once upon a time. I joined this career from the military. I had no sphere of influence in the area that I was at because my squadron that I was with picked up and left, and I didn't bother networking outside of that. And on top of that, I was a really big introvert, so talking to strangers was scary. So that's my background in a nutshell. If you find this video helpful, please make sure you hit that subscribe button and ding that little bell so that you'll get notified every single time I do a new video. Now for the next two items I'm going to talk about, the thought process on these two is to get something immediate and then start building long-term items, okay? Before I get into the core tenets of what I'm gonna talk about, I need immediate income and I need to start building my long-term stuff that you know eventually will overcome or overtake the immediate thing. So for the immediate thing that I would do is join some sort of networking group, preferably one that is tailored toward people that wanna meet new people, not necessarily business people that wanna run referrals back and forth. So for me, it would be one of two things. It would either be golfing one time per week and I would be doing that or twice per week, whatever my budget would allow for this. And I would do it as a solo individual joining a team of two or a team of three. This way I can network a little bit more. I get some golfing and have a little bit of fun and we kind of share over that experience. Because I am introverted, that close-knit tight circle or just two or three people I'm networking with is a lot easier for me than jumping into a crowd bro of 50 people. And of course, when I first started, I didn't have any money, so this would not have been a good option. So if I'm being realistic, I would have done, well, exactly what I did do when I was early on in my career, and I joined a social sports league. The one that I happened to join did like six or seven different sports throughout the year. They were each like six to ten weeks long, and you just sort of did kickball one, and then dodgeball, and then volleyball, so on and so forth. And it was just a good way to get together, have, you know, a little bit of fun, do a little bit of drinking, and just get to know the people around you. It's a small enough group that I can get to know everybody without overtapping my introvert, you know, shyness, if you will. But it's also big enough that it provides a decent amount of relatively instant income. A lot of the people that join these groups are newer to the area looking to meet new people. Then a lot of people newer to an area, they're renting at first, or maybe they're thinking about purchasing, they're staying with a friend or a family member and looking to purchase, and they might not have a realtor yet. I did this only for a couple of years and it's been gosh, probably six years since I've been in it and I still get regular business from it because I stay in touch with all of the Facebook groups of all of us that were teamed up together. So now that I have the immediate thing out of the way, I know I'm guaranteed to be networking one day a week with at least 10 to 15 other people and that's going to happen every single week for the rest of the time that I'm doing these sports programs. Now I need something a little bit more long term. Now, what I'm about to tell you is way different than what I did when I first started because well, the landscape was considerably different. But what I would focus on for the long term is building my brand. 
This is absolutely huge right now, especially with the way the market's going and the way just everything in general is going here in real estate. Individual brands are taking over brokerage brands. Go, go on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and go search the brand for a major brokerage. I guarantee you can find dozens and dozens and dozens of individual realtors with a bigger following than them. But this has to be done over a long period of time. So that's why I would start doing it now. And I would do this primarily through social media. Before I shot a single video or got on social to try to build my brand, I would figure out what my brand is. There's a bazillion videos out here on YouTube for you to figure this out. So I'm not going to go over that in detail. But I can narrow down my brand and then figure out one to two platforms that I could really excel on and go all in on those platforms. I wouldn't worry about the other ones as much. I'll talk about social media here in another minute or two, but that would be the basic strategy. So I can start leaning in on the brand building and I would do that primarily through video. If you haven't figured it out yet, video is king. I've been doing it since 2014 in one aspect or another. It started at Facebook and then kind of maneuvered. Now it's YouTube and several different platforms and tons and tons of shorts on multiple different social platforms. Video helps you connect with people much faster because they get to know who you are on a deeper level. This way, when they're calling or reaching out to you, they already feel like they know you. And really, being available is better than being the best real estate agent, the best marketing plan ever. Availability will always beat the well, ability. When you're trying to figure out what two platforms to do, my suggestion would be do something that has long-form content available in it and another one that has short-form content available in it. For me, I would choose TikTok for the short term just because of the explosive growth on it, which is not near as, near as good as it was two years ago, but it is still very good all in all. And then for my long form, I would choose YouTube just because that is the platform I prefer. But you can do long form content on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, so you can choose any one of those that suits you best. Or of course, just find programs that will syndicate it to all of them and figure out which one is taking off a little bit better or which one you like a little bit better and then go all in on that one. Now, there are four different ways to build in business, right? Well, there's technically five, but I'm not really going to get to the fifth one all that much. The first one is warm reach outs. Listen, reach out to people you know. There's cold reach outs. You got it. Reach out to people you don't know. There's posting content online, and then you can run ads. Now, of course, the fifth way to bring in business is word of mouth marketing, where you do such a good job that they want to refer you to all their friends and family. That should be the baseline of your business. I'm not going to dive into that much more in this video, but we do have other videos on my channel. So if you want to go back and search those, you definitely can or hit subscribe so that you'll see those whenever I talk about customer service in future videos. Customer service is very important to me. It is the rocket fuel for your business. So between these four items, you've got warm outreach, cold outreach, posting content, and running ads. You need to be choosing a few of these. Now you should have pillars. I suggest you have three pillars of business you bring in. So if you didn't like either of the other two that I would have gone through personally, then choose three of these. And I'm not going to go over a comprehensive list of each one, but I'll give you some general ideas. So warm outreach. This is mainly through your sphere of influence. I think it's silly that agents don't push into their sphere of influence at all. This is your biggest source of income both now and in the future because these people already know, like, and trust you and they need to know, like, and trust you in order for them to do business with you. Well, what a great place to start with your sphere of influence. If it were me personally, I would ensure that I have at least one in-person meeting every single week with somebody or a group of people. This can be done by just offering a lunch date, a coffee date, 
by doing a small intimate game night at your house with three or four of your friends. You could do this with a big party if you're a little bit more extroverted and you like having that. You could host a little pool party at your house. If you don't have a pool, obviously, you know, just a normal party or what have you. But these are all great ways to engage in your sphere of influence. I would also make sure all of my sphere of influence, anybody that would recognize my name, is on a campaign in my CRM to contact them every three months. At least, some of them need to be contacted a little bit faster. And then, of course, as I meet new people, let's say at the networking event that I talked about earlier, the Social Sports League, I would add them in as well. Mainly because the Sports League is only for, like I said, six to ten weeks, and after that, they might not join or they might get on a different team. I want to make sure that I'm continuing that relationship in perpetuity to gain the trust of them and their friends and family down the road for referrals. And lastly, this could be considered warm outreach or cold outreach, kind of depending on the situation. But in that whole social media plan that I was doing before, I would personally reach out to people that commented or liked or any of that on my posts, particularly if you're doing it on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. If any of those three are in your high priority list or just in general, you are using them, then this is a great outreach. Every time somebody comments, even when somebody likes just doing a quick reach out to somebody you don't know saying, hey, I noticed that you liked my post on buying a home in the wintertime. Just wanted to say thank you for engaging in my content. Is there anything more specific that you'd like to know? This way you can get a little bit of content back if they give you any feedback or if they're just, you know, not interested, you're going to find that out too. This is a great way to have more potential real estate conversations. The next way to get business in sales, which is what you're in, is cold outreach. Now, a lot of people get really stuck on cold outreach. In fact, it is pushed really hard at a lot of brokerages. And it's not always for everybody, but if it is for you, this is a great way to build it into your business. And it is one of the faster ways to create real estate sales. There are lots of cold ways to reach out to people. I'm going to name five of them, and I am going to go in order of how I would be doing them if I were to add this into one of my three main pillars of building business. Number one for rent by owner. I just did a video about this a few weeks ago. If you guys missed it, you can go back into my stuff and you will definitely see it in there. For rent by owner is a very overlooked right now. In fact, they're, they've kind of always been overlooked. There's not generally a lot of people that are hitting them regularly and there's tons of ways to do it. The second thing I would consider is circle prospecting. Circle prospecting is easy to get the numbers. It's inexpensive to get the numbers. And this is basically where you are calling around a house or calling around a neighborhood if you want to. Personally, how I would do circle prospecting is doing it around open houses. This way, I'm kind of double dipping, doing open houses, and then all of the activities leading up to that open house can bring in more business. So I would grab 500 names around every single house or 300 or 100 or 50, whatever makes sense for you. Most CRMs will have a geographic farming tool in them, and you can actually pull all the names and numbers out. And I would simply call every single one of them and say, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Smith down the road, they're selling their house. They wanted me to do an open house and reach out to all of the neighbors to see if you know somebody that's interested in purchasing this home. We would love to see you buy at the open house. It's going to be tomorrow at seven or whatever, whatever, right? Now I'm kind of double dipping there. I get a good conversation going with somebody. I ask them if they consider making a move. If they are, I add them to my CRM. I continue contacting them regularly. And if I had a little bit of extra money on hand and I wanted to do kind of a mailing campaign, I wouldn't start with a farm because that's far too costly for me as a new real estate agent or would have been back then. I would do something like adopted buyers. This is where you're going to go into your multiple listing service, figure out all of the agents that washed out of the industry that are no longer in. Because remember, 87% failure rate 
and I would go after each one of them and drop a few letters on them. Just do a small campaign, nothing too crazy. Just say, hey, I noticed that your real estate professional is no longer in the industry. If you'd like to be kept up regularly on the actual value of your house, parentheses, not this estimate, comma, well, that thing is always wrong. You know, something in there that kind of says that. And then I would love to be the agent that you think of. And if you already have another agent in mind, I would love to be your backup. Here's my contact information, maybe a QR code to some sort of value add or something like that. And you can keep them on a campaign indefinitely. And of course, there are other strategies with adopted buyers. That's just the one I would do personally. And if none of those sound like something you want to do, you've always got the go-tos, right? The for sale by owners and the expired listings. The next way to bring in business is posting free content. I know I talked about this already. That's one of the main things that I would push into personally. But here's some other strategies you can consider. I would first lump this in with my brand building in general. They shouldn't be synonymous. It's not really that big of a difference between posting free content and brand building. They're one and the same. Just do them both. I would make sure that I am offering tools to my target audience. So let's say I'm going after military members in our area. That's my niche. That's what I like. I like working with people that I essentially used to work with before. I speak the lingo. I speak the language. I know the culture, all of that good stuff. So that's what I'm doing. And I'm pushing a lot of my content toward that. So something like a relocation guide, I would name as a PCS guide because PCS is speaking the military language. And I would offer that out in social media groups nearby. Whenever I hear somebody saying, hey, I'm moving to the area, what is there to do here? I would create an entire book, something I can use for years and years with just minor updates, not like a little one page pamphlet, like a whole thing and have a moving guide in there. It would have suggested businesses in there, not ones that are paying to be in there, ones that are actually useful to the consumer and things like that. This way I can offer that in, can build a landing page around it. And anybody that wants to can sign up to get that and it'll give them a ton of great stuff. Also make sure there's area specific stuff in there. I'm in the panhandle of Florida out here in Destin, Fort Walton Beach area. So I would do a hurricane guide, right? Just to make sure they've got that little hurricane checklist in there and they're already understanding those woes and stuff of hurricanes. I would also have that as a separate guide that is a little bit more robust as well. And in fact, anything else I can think of that would be a good guide to give to somebody or some good value to give to somebody, I would do that. And I would promote products inside of the other products. So my main relocation guide or PCS guide would have a few of the other ones that have a hurricane guide it would have a best things to do in the area guide. It would have all of these things so that they can go from one to the other and then stay involved into my circle. Now, when we're talking about posting free content, we talked earlier about having two main platforms to push on. I would make sure that that is consistent and that you're posting consistently. If you're not posting consistently, it doesn't matter. You're not building brain. You're hoping to get lucky. That's a big difference. And lastly, I would put all of the same information and repurpose every video I did and every little thing that I did into content on my website, whether that's posting the short that I just did on my website or the long form YouTube video or what have you. I would turn it all into content on my website. Your website is your storefront. I know Zillow takes over a lot of that. A lot of people don't push their website near us are, but at the end of the day, that is your storefront and you need to have tools and value add inside of your own website. And the last way to build your business up is running paid ads. Now, I didn't really have this option when I first started because I was dead broke and I didn't have a sale for seven months and you know so on and so forth. But as soon as I did start acquiring a little bit of money, this would be a strategy I would definitely do. And I did back then. In fact, anybody that's run Zillow or Realtor.com before, my very first campaign on Zillow was $87 a month. I brought in 30 leads a month. 
Now you can't even get one lead a year for that kind of money. In fact, most of the time it's three grand for five leads, depending on your area, of course. So, you know, things change. I wouldn't necessarily do those now, but there are a few other paid ads I would run right now. So being that I'm targeting this video of what I would do if I was starting over as a real estate agent again, I'm going to go with ad sets that are a little bit cheaper that don't produce as high quality of a lead because it's about having the conversations right now and I need to keep my costs low. So I'm going to do these in order of how I would do them if I was just starting out in real estate again. First and foremost, Facebook ads. They're coming back. In fact, they've kind of been back for a little bit. So I stopped running them on my team personally a couple of years ago, stopped for a while, and they're coming back with a vengeance right now. And so there's a lot of great strategies out there. And Facebook or Meta, if you will, has really figured out exactly what we're doing and what we're wanting and who we're wanting to target. So it actually makes the ad just a little bit easier to do in one aspect, but the creative needs to be a little bit better now. And that's all right. And you can watch videos on how to do that kind of stuff. And if I was running Facebook ads, I would be very heavy on video as well and build funnels inside of it. But I'm not going to go too far into detail on that. It is a skill set I have now that I probably wouldn't have had when I first started. So that's why I'm going to give a couple other examples. The second example I would use is Google pay-per-click or Bing pay-per-click. The advantage with Google pay-per-click is they are a little bit faster turning of a lead, whereas on Facebook, they're going to be a lot further out, 12 months to 36 months usually. And then Google pay-per-click is going to be closer to about six to nine months for a transaction. So this is going to be a little bit more long-term strategy, even though this is still considered short-term in my eyes. For most people, six months is like way off in the future, and that's a long-term strategy. But this is a great consistent strategy. You can really target and narrow down your Google pay-per-click. And the really big advantage of this is just like Facebook ads, you can learn this online without having to pay a company to run it for you and still do pretty well. And if neither one of those sounded appealing to me, I would go with OTT ads over the top advertising. These are advertising that you're seeing on Hulu, Netflix, Vudu, any of these live streaming platforms. Those little ads that jump in front those are OTT ads, and they're wildly inexpensive for the amount of money that you're spending. Of course, this does require some video. Generally, you kind of want to lean a little bit more on the professional-looking side, although you don't have to. And this can be a great way to get your message out to your audience as well. And lastly, I would look through your CRM system, your customer resource management or relationship management, what have you and figure out what products they provide that can help you bring in business or generate business. Most of them will have it. They'll have seller ad campaigns, buyer ad campaigns. So heck, someone will even run your social media for you. So click through those and figure out which of those sound like they might be good to you. Those are the four main ways to bring in business. Real quick recap, I would do something immediate that brings in business now, and I would do something long-term, and then I would figure out what my other pillars are. If those are two separate pillars, then I only need to build in one more pillar from the things that I was just talking about. So that's what I would do, and this is something that I wish I had when I first started, because this would be a blueprint for instant success. Well, maybe not instant success, keep in mind everything takes time, but it would definitely put me on the right path for a successful journey here in real estate. If you want to talk about our brokerage, LPT Realty, and why my entire team picked up and moved over here, I would love to chat with you about it. Other than that, that's all I have. I'll see you guys next week.